Welcome back to the second hour of tonight's special edition of Truth Jihad Radio. Tonight we're talking about the miracle of Fatima, which took place 105 years ago on this day, May 13th. That was back in 1917, the middle of the First World War. And the message of Fatima, delivered to three children, one of whom later became Sister Lucy, that message was pretty concerning. In fact, uh, the third secret of Fatima was so terrifying that it supposedly brought grown popes to their knees. Uh, and it seemed that this message concerned war. There were aspects of it pertaining to the war that was happening at that time, World War One, that if people didn't repent, another war would come along. And it did, World War II. And if they still didn't repent, yet another and much worse war would come along. And some folks think that we're heading into that right now with the war in Ukraine, the NATO war on Russia, and perhaps China, which could easily turn into a World War III scenario. Are we being punished for our sins? Should we repent? Should we specifically repent through Mary, the Virgin Mary, who is revered not only in Christianity, but also in Islam. Well, let's talk about it with Dr. Peter Chechnowski of SisterLucyTruth.org, who argues that the secret of Fatima, the third secret in particular, played a big role in church history to the extent that a fake Sister Lucy was apparently appointed in, to replace the original one as part of that coup d'etat that we discussed in the first hour, the church coup d'etat of 1958. So let's get into it. <laughs> hey, Peter, how are you? Hey, Dr. Kevin, how are you? Good to talk I'm well, to you Well, it's good to have you back. So between you and Gary Jufre, this is a pretty good back-to-back wow. seminar on these issues. <laughs> yeah, he's a hero for me. I, that's um, He's been did this long before I got into anything. So, um, no, it's gra- gl- I'm glad to hear that you had him on also. Yeah, yeah, that was a great conversation, too. Well, in our first conversation, Peter, which I forget how many months ago that was, we talked about the basics of the apparent uh, Sister Lucy swap, where uh, Sister Lucy, the surviving um, person who had taken this message from the Virgin in 1917, after the other two died during the Spanish flu epidemic, she became the voice, really, of the Fatima message, and she butted heads with the church and its leaders a few times, and never more so than in the 50s, she wanted the third secret revealed, and some folks apparently didn't. And suddenly, somewhere around 1960, it looks like an imposter was sent in and Sister Lucy yes. was disappeared. So that's we covered what we that. Believe. Yes, yes, yeah. that's what we believe. And the details. And, uh, we, yeah. Yes. People can listen to the, our previous interview, which I linked at the radio blog, which people can find by way of truthjihad.com. Just click on the radio schedule link, and people can go to sisterlucytruth.org and look at some of the evidence that backs up this amazing assertion. So, Peter, uh, let's let's talk this time not so much just about that apparent, you know, the evidence for yes, the being sure. the second Sister Lucy, but, but the meaning of all of this. We're we're heading into this possible World War Three scenario through Ukraine, and yes. it seems that the the Fatima message is more relevant than ever. So maybe you could discuss right. a little bit how you see the the meaning of that message in relation to current events. We're right. I think. Um well, we look at everyone sort of taking it secret, uh, seriously, even even Francis in Rome there. It um, seems like he's taking some aspect of it seriously um, and because he's he's trying to do or he's at least mimicking 
uh, an attempt at consecrating Russia to the uh, Immaculate Heart of Mary, but of course spun in his own unique. Hello, Peter. I think we may have lost Peter, unless I actually lost myself, but I, I, I think it's Peter. So hopefully we'll get him back. And uh, I'm not quite sure how he had connected or how we lost him. Um, I hope it's not the forces of darkness trying to prevent Peter from getting his message through. The way the forces of darkness may have been trying to stop Sister Lucy from pushing her message through. Peter has uh, disappeared, but he hasn't been replaced by an imposter. <laughs> He's just not there on the radio show. But there he is again. Please leave your message for oh. five. Zero nine three. So we're we're trying to get Peter through his phone. I wonder if we could just call him through his Skype. Uh, he uh, he is <laughs> he's he, he's there on his Skype. Let's see if I can get him into this. I, I don't maybe maybe our producer could do this better than I could. Uh, let's let's try calling him again and possibly through his Skype as well as his phone. So yeah, we I think we might have had something like this happen last time too. I have no idea whether this is part of the uh, diabolical conspiracy or not. But I I do know that the stuff Hello. Oh, Hello. There we go. Hi Peter, you're back. Hi. What? Yeah, this is nuts. Yeah, it's <laughs> only with you, Kevin. Does this happen? But uh um, well, anyways, um, I don't know who's trying to stop me from saying something, but um, any any um, all, all these events are unfolding, you know, as the prophecies, um, you know, the content of the prophecies spoke of. Sister Lucy received many private revelations after the 1917 event when she was an, a nun, both both. Oh boy, it looks like they cut him off again. I guess uh Sister Lucy Sister Lucy's voice is is still dangerous after all these years. Uh <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it it could be yeah, you know, there is a, a certain certain element, well, let's call it the dominant element in the Western power structures that doesn't like this, but I think I don't believe they would seriously think Please leave your message for what five Dr. zero is nine. Right now. Is so dangerous that he's basically uh, it's it's a state secret or something. I mean, he's already been on my show talking about this once, and uh, I just don't see how it's going to compromise national security to have Peter talk a little bit about his interpretation of the meaning of the Fatima revelations. Hello, there Hello. you're back, Peter. I I don't yeah. know what's going on here. I don't, I don't know. I'm not touching anything. I'm just talking into the phone. I'm not so, sure what's somebody going or on. someone has been cutting you off. So just keep talking yeah, until know. we do it again. I, I don't get it. But um, <laughs> one of these messages, I better say as much as I can. Um, one of these messages was that Russia as a nation would be used to chastise the West for its sins, and I think that we're seeing exactly that unfolding in our own time. Uh, in fact, uh, Malachi, Father Malachi Martin, in his when he spoke about the third secret, said that it had something to do with uh, Russia and Ukraine. Mm. We're not allowed to talk about how <laughs> the third secret of Fatima had something to do with Russia. 
Yeah, no, it was, so the church suppressed it. And supposedly, the, you know, the church was supposed to put out the full third secret of Fatima, this terrifying secret that had brought popes to their knees, turned them into weeping, blo- weeping blobs of jelly that basically collapsed on the floor for three days. So the church, according to Sister Lucy, the church had to release this secret, this third secret, by 1960. Hi, Kevin. Yeah, Hi you're, you're back, Peter. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know what's t- t- happening. Um, so Russia was going to be the instrument for the chastisement of the West, and that was part of the whole Fatima, the Fatima message as it was unfolded by Sister Lucy, and that's pretty much coming to... Uh, it's beginning now where where Russia is really taking a moral stand against the decadent West, especially with regard to, you know, these uh, pride parades and so on. Are you there? I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're, you're coming through loud and clear. Okay. Right with regard to these pride parades and, you know, standing up for well, a, pussy a, right. Don't forget the pussy riders. Yeah. And um, so... I mean, the West is the West is standing up for decadence. The West is standing up for, you know, religiously indifferent democracy and uh, moral relativism, and and those things are being um, sort of rejected by Russia in a very profound way. And Putin seems like he wants to tip over the table of the. Um, you know the liberal the liberal order as dictated by the Western powers. Um, the, the problem is, I think Russia itself is infiltrated by a lot of those liberal Enlightenment ideas. So um, I don't know. We're 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 dealing with a situation in which I think the third secret is very much unfolding before our eyes, which involves Russia clearly and also. The apostasy within the church, the you know, handing over the church organization, church doctrine to the new world order. So I think it's a critical time. And um, again, the, the third secret, the, the whole message of Fatima uh, is unfolding before our eyes. And, and let's quickly talk about that third secret. I mentioned while you've been cut off that Sister Lucy uh, was told, I guess, by uh, Our Lady that she was supposed to release, the church should release the third secret Correct. in it entire, entirely by 1960. And yes. then suddenly she apparently disappeared and was replaced. And when the church yes. finally got around to releasing what they said was the full third secret in the year 2000, uh, it yes. didn't seem to be anything that would have brought such a reaction and caused so much censorship no. and oppression. So they're still Not hiding it. So, so there's something in that secret. I think they're, they're still hiding it. We've we've checked what has been released with um, handwriting experts, and they've said that what was released was authentic according to her own writing. But the problem is, it's only a vision without any explanation of what this is about. What this vision is about, it's a description of a vision. Uh, but without any explanation as to what the content of the meaning content of that vision is. So, yes, I mean, that's probably, probably with regard to the third secret and what was going to happen to the church after 1960, that is probably the reason 
why they eliminated Sister Lucy, almost certainly not only eliminated her, but did something unthinkable and replaced her with somebody else, a very poor actress, someone who doesn't really look like her at all. If you check out the photos, you'll see that. But uh, changing the whole message and acting, where Sister Lucy, when she had her last interview with Father Fuentes when she was in the Carmel at Coimbra, Portugal, uh, she was very clear that, um, well, she was very serious. And she was pointing to the fact that the world was headed for a crisis, that God was ready to strike the world in a very profound way because of the sins of man and the indifference of man towards God. And uh, so she was very serious, very grave, very troubled by how things were in the world and in the church. And then suddenly, in 1967, this woman, who looked, are you still there? Just to make sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm just, Kevin? I'm listening. Okay, you're there. Okay, I sort of, I say this, I just don't want to get cut off. Um, yeah, so suddenly this woman appears in 1967, and it's a totally different attitude. Suddenly, Fatima is not about a grave warning anymore. It's sort of a, a celebration of the revolution in the church. It's a celebration of, of man. It's a celebration of the new orientation. And, um, you know, with certain Marian uh, highlights, if you will, just to keep the faithful on board. Uh, but it's a, it's a transition to a fundamentally different message, different Sister Lucy, and they were going to come out with a different third secret, a third secret that did not express, did not express the gravity of what, you know, the real third secret must uh, contain. Uh, because Sister Lucy in the 40s couldn't even write it down. She would, she couldn't, I mean, she, they couldn't even get her to write it down. She was so troubled by it, by the content. The first two secrets, no problem. The third secret, there was, she was troubled. She had to be basically ordered and told, uh, you know, at the point of obedience as a nun, you have to write this down. And then she wrote it down and, and the Blessed Virgin said, write it down. And uh, so she ended up writing it down. But what could have disturbed her so much that's the question what could have disturbed her and you know there was talk about world war ii and the second secret which would be the greatest war up until that time and um so it was something else it was something more profound more troubling for a, a soul like lucia dos santos and i think the whole crisis in the church the fact that you had clergymen ascending the ladder of the church who didn't have the faith, uh, were basically secularists, uh, were often, very often, uh, Freemasons, and uh, influenced by all these, you know, Benai Brith and the Masonic orders, to change Catholic doctrine, change Catholic morality, and change the whole attitude of the church towards the world. That's what went on, and the new Sister Lucy went along with it 100%. From so the that, third, that third secret pertaining to the chastisement of the West by Russia in a yes. kind of an apocalyptic war at a time of schism in the church, 
It sure sounds yeah. like something like that could happen pretty soon, given what we're seeing right now. <laughs> it <laughs> I mean, seems like it's happening pretty much. Yeah, now. like like next week. You yeah, know. I mean, <laughs> it's it's clearly. I mean, if you're going to predict World War Three, which I believe is a part of it, um, you know, World War One and World War Two began in somewhat the same way. Nobody thought those were going to be world wars in the initial stages of their conflicts. They, you know, they, a power gave all these guarantees to the small country. We'll support you. We'll be behind you. And, uh, then, you know, the, the trip wires were tripped and the world plunged into, into catastrophic war. That really changed everything economically, socially, spiritually, politically, the whole world. And it was changed twice. And you wonder how, you know, each, you need a world war apparently to reshuffle the human deck of cards fundamentally. And I just wonder what the, the deck is, you know, what the hand is going to look like after this deck is reshuffled in a world war three. Um, because that seems to be where we're headed. And this is really, I mean, this is what Sister Lucy was always warning about. You know, Sister Lucy, uh, she said so, a sculptor who was a priest made a statue of, of Our Lady of Fatima that was supposed to be an exact replica of what the three children saw. And when the, the, the priest brought it to Lucy to get it checked out to see if it's accurate, she said, oh, no, no, that's not it at all. Um, she's much too, like, pleasant and demure. And um, she was always, she always had a sort of sad look on her on her face and very concerned and sad when she appeared to us always. This was a serious message. And, and you know, that's what she wanted to say about the apparition. That, that's how she appeared to us. And we wanted to, you know, make, you know, do what we could, the children said, to make reparation for sin and try to undo the crimes of humanity in our own little way. And um, so this was a grave thing. And this was the attitude of Sister Lucy all through the 50s. You know, she um, in the 1957 interview in this, on December 26, 1957, she gave an interview to Father Fuentes of Mexico, and she basically said, our, our, the Blessed Virgin has said that this is the final war, this, this period of time is the final war between God and the devil, between the Blessed Virgin and the devil. And you really have to, you know, take a side, and it's all or nothing. So, um, it, it was a serious time, and she knew it, and, and yet, because she was gotten rid of, um, you have basically a totally different Sister Lucy with a totally different attitude, and you have a church with a totally different attitude. No longer a church concerned for the salvation of souls, but a church that sort of, you know, wants to create this universal humanistic republic, um, you know, or uh, guided by Masonic principles. And well, that's turned out to be a catastrophic failure, hasn't it? Indeed. Um, well, you know, it's interesting that the great Russian Christian literary thinkers, uh, Dostoevsky yeah. and Tolstoy, both 
viewed Catholicism as kind of inherently undermined by Freemasonry. And that is, they, they thought that as the Catholic Church became this powerful bureaucratic organization and kind of a state itself, that it essentially invited infiltration by people who are basically interested in worldly power. And so right. from way back, the church has been infiltrated by such people who, like, like Dostoevsky's Grand Inquisitor, who want to use unscrupulous means to achieve worldly power for themselves and supposedly create the best possible society for the poor, stupid, sheeple masses, which is the best that they, you know, better than they deserve, really. Uh, these right. people tend to be kind of arrogant. But in any case, that, that Russian Christian vision as channeled by these quite, of course, right. you know, these genius thinkers. So they're, they're not, they're not like yes. speaking from the canon of the Eastern Church or anything like that, but right. they're inspired by it and yeah. they, they came to very different places. Uh, but, uh, you know, my, the extent I've really been touched by Christian thinkers, those two, Dostoevsky and Tolstoy, strike me as sure. really the great modern Christian uh, intellectuals. Sure. And they both saw the failings and, uh, of the West and, and of the Catholic see Church. That, that there's the roots, the roots of Russian Christianity run deep. And, you know, they're really fighting for their, those roots because Kiev is the birthplace of Russian Christianity. And therefore, fighting for that is very significant for them. That they withdrew from Kiev in the initial stage of the war surprised me in light of this. But I don't think it's it's not over yet. Certainly, but um, but uh, yeah, there's an attempt. I mean, Kevin, where is there an attempt to recover Christian roots? Maybe in Russia, certainly. Maybe in Hungary, you know, to a I mean, even Poland has become sort of neocon and, um, you know, beholden to Western interests. So there's very few places where there is this attempt to, you know, scratch down to the, to the roots of a civilization and try to revive and try to revive the tree. And, um, certainly not here, certainly not when you see the United States' response to the Russian war, uh, when you see France and, and these other secularist powers, um, they're interested in just liberal democracy. They're interested in, you know, libertinism and um, pushing... Well, of course, of course what they call liberal democracy. ...unrooted man. Yeah, their, their idea of liberal uh, democracy is, is uh, that... Liberalism, which of course the root means freedom, and so they're interested in freedom, but it's the yes. freedom of the oligarchs to accumulate as much money and power as they want and do whatever they want with it. That's the kind of, that's like the Marquis sure. de Sade's freedom. Sure. That's the freedom they care about. And democracy to them means democracy, like uh, dumbing down the masses and getting them to rubber stamp what these oligarchs want. Right. Exactly. We're, we're never really asking them what they want or what they favor, sort of putting forward these pre-given choices. Or don't ask them at all, you know, in any serious way. Right. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And I think there's more. I think there's. I don't know. When when you have these elections, I think they're a distorted presentation of the people's position, you know. And some other. I think the people are ready for normality in a way, and I, I think that God wants to. If He's not going to 
fold up the world anytime soon. If he is, well, then we know how that's going to proceed. But if he doesn't want to fold up the world anytime soon, um, we're going to have to get back to these fundamental realities, like the reality of faith, like the reality of, of um, a man who's men who are rooted in nature and rooted in human virtue and the classical virtues and um, all those things have to be revived and the church used to the church used to exemplify or try to you know exemplify in its saints of course um, that desire for you know true human perfection and the true human rootedness in the sacred and the, and the natural. But uh, we have to find that rootedness again. We have to get rid of these artificial, artificial and corruptive influences from the, the, the great revolutions and from masonry and the Enlightenment and try to recover what is genuinely human and what is genuinely spiritual. Mm-hmm. You're and, here. Uh, Amen. I think, I think the war probably, which will turn into a full-scale world war, it seems like Poland and Finland are doing everything in their might, uh, in the United States, of course, everything within its might to make sure this Ukrainian conflict becomes a world war. Yeah, they're, they're not the giving uh, Putin war, an off-ramp, are they? No, no, they're not giving you an off-ramp. Interestingly enough, and I don't know what your your viewers, your listeners think, but uh, there seemed like there was a moment in time after about a month of the conflict where Putin and Zelensky were sort of seemed like they were open to some kind of deal. And then, of course, you know, uh, Francis and Rome, quote unquote, consecrates Russia and everything goes kaput. Yeah, well, uh, the Western leaders wouldn't let Zelensky make peace. Bring, yeah, it's supposed to bring peace and it brings more war and more catastrophe. Um, but it doesn't seem like the powers that be in the West wanted peace. The NATO, the powers that be in NATO and the United States don't want peace. And as you and I know, it's the neoconservatives who have, you know, put up their dragon heads again and uh, have t- taken full control, seemingly, over both political parties in the United States, uh, the major parties in the ev- practically everyone in the in Western Europe. Central Europe and all the media. I mean, where do you go for media? I go. Well, uh, I, go to I, the, uh, I mean, where's like an objective presentation of what's actually going on in the world? You know, there, there's Russia there's nothing. Ukraine. There's very little that's totally yeah. objective, of course. But I think that the stuff that would be demonized as pro-Russian is a lot closer to reality than the Western propaganda, because the sure. West dominates the media worldwide and so it can get away with saying anything you know they can they right. if the western media says that this woman is sister lucy even though she doesn't look like sister lucy people believe yes. it if they say this this fat yes. guy you know weighs 100 pounds more than bin laden and is shorter and has a totally different face as osama bin laden and here's this confession right. that he did 9 exactly. 11 people believe it I mean, people believe anything the western media says so they can just make up ridiculous lies which is what they're doing and the right. russians for example if the russians try to spin they get caught it's like we, right? It's like the media and the Western governments learn nothing by the events of the of the two other world wars. They don't they don't learn anything, like what not to do. 
how not to make a limited local conflict into a catastrophic event for humanity. They're doing it again, and it's going to be more catastrophic. It's like a certain blindness. I don't know if I should use the word blindness. It's how can you be so blind? It's so yeah, some obvious. people some people think it's deliberate. I mean, some people think well, the the COVID Holocaust, which originally they, they told us it killed six million people worldwide, the magic number. But now, as of this week, they raised that number. The official number is closer to fifteen million now. But that's not going to put a dent in the human population. So if you're an oligarch who believes in the Malthusian notion that we have to greatly reduce the population for environmental reasons, you might say, well, our fallback card is nuclear war. So there are some folks who think that it's deliberate. But I I think it's just these these neocons and other strategists of empire are absolutely dedicated to trying to create the world's first completely global one-world empire. And they know the only way to do that is military conquest, uh, supplemented by economic, you know, war by other means through, through economics and things yeah. like that. So they're, they're going to conquer the world and they're so arrogant that they think the best way to do it is to take down Russia first and basically destroy Russia. And once they've destroyed yeah. Russia by luring it into another bear trap like Afghanistan, only this time in Ukraine, yeah. then they can turn to China and destroy China too. But I, I think yeah. they've really, underestimated the forces that are lining up against them. Right. I, I think so, because I think a good part of the world is lining up against it, um, even though they're trying to intervene in, in places like uh, Pakistan to get rid of these uh, pro-Russian governments. But, um, no, I think I think they underestimate the Russians. And, um, again, it's just it's just sort of, for me, who have been, you know, I've been involved in sort of the Fatima thing for quite some time, to see Russia, as we've been told, Russia pops up after seeming silence for decades and suddenly, you know, threatens to tip over the whole thing and in a big way. And uh, so I think, you know, and it, it, it's amazing what they attack. It's amazing what they attack. It's, it's this desire for uh, Christian civilization, this desire for religious civilization that rejects sort of the unnatural world that's being presented to, to, the, to the, by the West. Exactly. You know, that, that, they're not war. just trying to take over the world, Peter, but they're trying to take over the world for a specific political philosophy, the neoliberalism, right. materialistic, uh, progressivist neoliberalism. Yes. Uh, and secularism, and they want to impose that everywhere. Yes. And you can, you can see them imposing it on Kiev. They're turning Kiev not only into an anti-Russia, driven by Nazi-style absolute hate of everything Russian, including the more than one-third of Ukrainians who are Russian, or Russian-speaking, Russian ethnicity, sure. but they're also turning Kiev into a capital of decadence and depravity and vice. It is the you know, world, right. you know, world capital for white slavery and uh, drugs and all kinds of organized crime, money laundering. And, right. you know, Zelensky, who played piano with his appendage and is you know, a cocaine addict, a uh, really degenerate showbiz kind of character run by Kolomoisky, right. this degenerate oligarch, is a really right. kind of an emblem of this. And so there's a guy named Ramin Mazahri who writes for Press TV. He's the Press TV Paris correspondent who wrote a good piece about how it's not really Ukro Nazis. They're, they're, these people are, are not sort of nationalist Nazis. They are this paradox. They're liberal Nazis. They're neoliberal Nazis. They're fanatical, goose-stepping nationalists 
who aren't so much nationalists as they are acting on behalf of this extreme uh, sort of oligarch-driven uh, liberalism that means the d- destruction yes. of traditional values and traditional religion. Yes. And, and Ukraine seems to have gotten sucked into that. Sure, yeah. You, the Ukrainians have become the cannon fodder of the whole thing. Just like in World War II, the Poles became the cannon, cannon fodder of the of the you know the British and the uh, Western powers, and the um, I think it's it's the same thing, it's the same thing with the Ukrainians. They're not they refused the Zelensky government refused any type of compromise and any kind of negotiate serious negotiations that took into consideration uh, Russians' concerns about their own security on their own southern border. So, um, no, I, th- I think you're absolutely right, but doesn't Zelensky sort of exemplify everything that the Western powers are pushing and the Western media is pushing? I mean, mm-hmm. if you see some of those videos, I can't even put them up on my website. Yeah, yeah, the, the da- gay, so gay S&M dance video. Uh, I mean, this guy, he's the president of the country. He's a, he's a coke addict know, doing these know, gay dance videos. And, and the funniest thing about this really is it's funny in a very dark way, of course, is that Kolomoisky, this oligarch who created him, the way he created him and set him up to be president was by giving him a TV show backed by vast amounts of megabucks, you know, propaganda machine megabucks, so he would be yeah. famous. They made him a famous comedian yeah. whose job was to play the role of a famous comedian who somehow becomes president of Ukraine. So that was his, <laughs> that was his comedy right. role in, in the world of showbiz. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people got used right. to that. And then they inflicted it on the country uh, in real life, they took this comedy president and made him the real president. Now, that is a typical mind, you know, screwing operation by mind control right. uh, people. In fact, Douglas Rushkoff in his book Coercion describes how the people who use mind control on people know that they have to break their victim loose from their usual moorings in reality by confusing them about sort of what's real and what isn't. So that, for instance, the car salesman who wants to force a car on you against your will will take you in a test drive, and at a certain moment he'll say to you, is this a a car that you can see yourself driving? And so the victim tries (laughs) to imagine himself seeing himself driving the car that he's actually driving in real life, you know, sort of like Zelensky. The, the president comedian being a president comedian on TV and, and it, it, it paralyzes the mind. And so the guy, the, the, the Mark's eyes glaze over and the salesman takes over and hypnotizes him and says, okay, it's yours. We're driving back now. And, you know, he makes sure that he's, he doesn't ask, would you like coffee? Or he says, no, how do you take your coffee here? And just hands him the coffee, just totally takes him over and runs him like a zombie. And that's kind of right. what they did to the Ukrainian people there too. Just like on nine 11, they, they, they did the same trick on nine 11. Nobody knew whether this was a disaster movie or whether it was real. The first few seconds, people yeah. had no idea whether this was real or some kind of movie. And that destroyed their sense of ordinary, normal reality so that these trauma-based mind control specialists could reinvent a whole new reality and turn people into mind-controlled zombies, which they did. And so that's what this is, right. the same trick on Ukraine. And well, now they've got a bunch of Just like 9-11, all the uh, media accounts of there being other bombs that in the building and other explosions on the lower floors – that's that's all forgotten. That's like, where where was that? Where's that? What, what, how does that fit into the narrative? But they were saying it on these networks 
when the actual events were happening, and then suddenly that disappears. And well, where where is that? Yeah, yeah. Well, Graham Graham McQueen has dug it all up. So Graham McQueen has found these hundreds of eyewitness testimonies and initial reports by network news people, all testifying to the fact that it was explosions that destroyed the Trade Center. Um, and so yes. McQueen has that, but, right. you know, those and, of us uh, take attention you know, to know it. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Putin made an excellent speech. And, I mean, can you imagine American politicians doing it? Like right before the invasion, which we didn't, I mean, sort of knew was, we didn't even know was going to actually happen. But he gave an excellent speech in which he sort of laid out the the case of Russia against this Ukrainian regime. And it was, what did it last for, over an hour? And it was, in, it was intelligent, it was reason, reasonable, it was, you know, historically based, and, uh, no that's all forgotten. That's, that's, that's all forgotten, and, um, and, uh, you know, he's published articles in which he sort of historically argues for, you know, that Russia has to sort of, refined itself and and if there was going to be a war it would be justified for these reasons but i mean he gives all these historical arguments going back to the middle ages and i mean it's it's amazing how they feel the need to lay out in an intelligent way what what what's what they're doing next whereas we you know rely on the, our people to click into the the mode of Focusing on the the horror of the moment, you know the quote unquote horror of this or that or this happened, that happened, this child was killed, this hospital was bombed. Oh, there's um, you know there's been mass graves discovered here. Well, whose graves? Do you, do we know? Do we know who's there? Do we know whose bullets are in the bodies? Do we know how they died? Do you know that in when you just pull in and after a day or so, you know. These are mass graves slaughtered in an unjust uh, people slaughtered in an unjust way. How do you know all this? Mm. Well, it, it turns well, out that uh, most of these, most of the most celebrated incidents uh, appear to be false flags carried out by the Ukrainian neo-Nazi contingent, trained, of course, by the usual CIA-type suspects, and they commit atrocities. And of course, they've been doing this forever because they their whole ideology is they absolutely hate the Russian speaking Ukrainians, and so right, they right. view Russian speaking Ukrainians and anybody who cooperates with with the Russians as traitors. And so, right. the a lot of yeah. these atrocities have actually been these Ukrainian Nazi types killing off people they view as Russian collaborators, and, and then blaming, the, blaming the Russians, blaming the Russians, and blaming yeah. the Russians, probably to make. The Ukrainians fear surrendering to the Russians. You know, oh, you're going to get slaughtered. But uh, probably, you know, um, that's what they're trying to keep them from doing. And also, just create, just start World War. Let's just be honest. Start World War Three. You're going to get Poland involved if if white if uh, Belarusia becomes involved. Poland could easily become involved in Western Ukraine and. Um, then you have a NATO power involved in, in Belarus or in Western Ukraine, and then you got you got Americans on the horizon. I mean, you have this um, this Adam Kinzinger uh, proposing the um, that if there's any incident of chemical, biological, or nuclear weapons use in Ukraine, this bill would authorize the president to 
send in American troops. So it's basically a declaration of war, and then you ask yourself, who's going to call it? Who's going to call that there's been chemical weapons used or biological weapons? Well, that's an invitation. It's it's an invitation for somebody to stage a false flag. It's just like with Syria, when Obama stupidly said that chemical weapons was a red line, then the hardliners who wanted the U.S. to bomb Syria and and get into a possible war with Russia had every motivation to create these false flags in Syria, which they did create. And fortunately, Obama backed off. You know, he and he he had a great excuse. He said, I'll have to take this to Congress. And and Congress said, no, we're not interested. But we came pretty close to World War Three there. And it looks like they're trying to do it again. I think they're they're trying to do it again, and I think they're going to get closer because it, we're getting more uh, we're getting closer to the vital vital interests of the Russian nation. We're getting as close as you can get without invading Russia itself, which is Ukraine. You know, this sister nation uh, that was part of the Russian Empire and then you know part of the whole Orthodox world and. Um, uh, one of the Russias, and um, you know this is this is a vital interest to the Russians, and I that's why I can't believe that these people are so insane or so diabolically oriented that uh, they would push it this far. But they pushed it farther than even I thought they would push it. Um, I, I'm so I'm really shocked. I mean, I know the neocons were in the roost. For a long time, they went uh, underground a little bit with Trump, a little bit, and uh, but um, uh, they're back in the saddle and uh, they're pushing it. And but Russia will, Russia's not going to back off. And Russia, as Sister Lucy, as Heaven said, Russia will be used as an instrument to chastise the West. Well, we're already, and, we're already uh, being chastised I, with, with high food prices and gas prices. The you know economic devastation is yeah. on the way, and and that could get worse and worse. Military devastation might come too. Absolutely, I think military de- uh, devastation will come too. But also, as you mentioned, the food price and the gas prices. Now they're talking about the Arab Spring too, in all these various places of the world, driven by you know, political instability, but also the rising food and gas prices like Sri Lanka now, and even to some degree in Iran, they're talking about, and uh, Iraq and uh, Pakistan, certainly. I mean, there. this is going to be, it seems like an Arab Spring, too, uh, in for the summer, and um, this, this, you know, a couple months away, certainly. Um but uh, this is so destabilizing. I don't think I've ever seen such a destabilized world um, in my lifetime. And um, But this is, again, you know, we haven't repented. We haven't changed our ways. We're just becoming more and more decadent. We're becoming not only uh, we're giving up spiritual values and spiritual faith, but we're giving up even basic moral probity and um, or, or normalness, if that's a word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we're going to suffer for it because God's in his heaven and he created nature and it, 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 it's repulsed by this unnatural twisting of it. 
and uh, you know, we're we're children are separated from parents. Uh, children don't obey their parents. Parents are separated from each other. We don't know what gender we are. My daughter was applying for a job, and she uh, they they had a list of uh, ten different genders that you could check off. Yeah, that's that's that been completely crazy, and, and it's related, I well, think, I mean, to. I, I the, was like, well, I couldn't even fathom like what these words were meaning, and I can't imagine meeting someone who would check off one. And I think male and female were sort of towards the bottom, but um, right, right, I, uh, if they're even on the list. I mean, it's, it's like a crazy world that you know, forty, thirty, forty years ago we wouldn't have understood in any way, and but, but. You know, God made the world in a certain way for a certain reason, and uh, because that was his will. He knew things would fit together in that way. He made them male and female, as the Quran says. The Quran doesn't say anything about the cisgender, transgender, uh, gender confused, uh, whatever, pansexual, whatever they they come up with. Uh, And and this relates to the Fatima apparitions in a way, I think, because, again, as I was saying in the first hour, it seems to me that this uh, apparition of the Virgin Mary as the, the great miracle of the modern age, why would God send this image of the Virgin Mary? Well, Maybe because the Virgin Mary is this represents the divine feminine, right? Which has been suppressed by the more male controlled religion. So I say that, and of course the feminists are okay with that. But then I would go on and say, and specifically the aspect of the divine feminine that the Virgin Mary represents is purity and and uh, self sacrificing motherhood, virgin virginity and well, motherhood, in other words, right? And that is something that you know, sets women apart from men. And today it seems like there's a war on that. Women are not allowed to be women and their ideal no. is not this holiness and purity uh, and self-sacrificing motherhood of the Virgin Mary. It's the exact opposite. It's the, uh, the, the scarlet no, harlot of Babylon or the goddess Kali that devours her children, the goddess of death. Uh, you know, if you think of Madeleine Albright and, uh, and Victoria Newland, um, Hillary Clinton, you know, what, feminine archetype do they resemble? Is it the Virgin Mary, or no. is it the death goddess Kali? I mean, the question answers itself. Look at all, Kevin, look at all these, and I'd be interested to hear what you think, look at all these attacks on Catholic churches, I think it was this past weekend, I think it was this, well, maybe the weekend before, um, you know, in light of the perhaps soon-to-be Roe versus Wade reversal, um, these were fanatic people that were like full of distorted hatred, like like wickedness. I don't know how else to put it. Just, just yeah, well, well, at least it, Russia is hatred getting rid of those people. Wife, the, the, pussy, the pussy rioters who attack and desecrate cathedrals are leaving Russia now. And there was just a news story about how the most famous of the pussy rioters, who is uh, – Oh, what 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 was her name? Um, I forget. It's a anyway. She is fleeing Russia, and I'm sure uh, the Russians are all breathing a huge sigh of relief. So she can come to the West right. and attack our churches now. Exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, I know they could come. They could come here, but Russia's saying no. Russia's saying we have a historical. I mean, if you just even if you say we have a historical tradition, or better. We recognize these values as, as true, 
and these teachings as true, and therefore you're violating them or you're attacking them in a fundamental way. And guess what? We're not going to let you do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, this is this is a moment. This is this is a moment. I mean, I never really thought in my lifetime that I would see some nation stand up and say no. <laughs> I never thought it. Yeah, I, I kind of have the same feeling in a way, especially after 9-11, when I just saw how demonic this Anglo-Zionist Western Empire had become. I thought, you know, will, will there ever be a counter entity with enough power to stand up against it? Or is it going to do what the neocons want and just roll over, steamroller the entire world? And at the time, I thought, you know, Russia still has some nuclear weapons. Couldn't the Russians like stand up and call out 9/11 as a false flag? Sure. But you know they they didn't have enough power at that time. But I think they have no, enough power now that not. they've made that calculation. And it's you know, yeah, it's kind no, of a terrible they, thing. They, I think that's why the neocons want to get them so badly. And, and you know Putin sort of symbolizes that Russia that they don't want. You know they want to go back to a Yeltsin type you know drunkard. And uh, manipulable drunkard, uh, they want to go back to that time, and uh, because Russia's Russia is not just a military threat; it's a spiritual threat. And right. you know, we thought, and everyone thought for decades and decades, and and it was greatly true uh, that you know Russia during the time of atheistic communism was the threat to the West, and that's how they would chastise the West, but now it's it's like the, the errors of Russia have infiltrated, you know, we've switched clothes, if, if you will, and uh, the errors of the West, of Russia have, which Our Lady spoke against, have just infiltrated the West, this atheism, this state secularism, have infiltrated the West and transformed it into a perverse thing. And 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 now you have the irony of Russia itself sort of standing up and saying we don't want we don't want to be perverse like that. And um, so no, amazing things are are happening. And um, well, but, let's uh, talk, talk about the, the the part that Islam plays here. Uh, half the soldiers in the Russian army are Muslim. The Muslim component of Russia is demographically increasing. The Christian component isn't because they still are using uh, so much birth control and especially so many abortions. But the the Muslims who still have more uh, intact family values are having families more than the Christians are in Russia and serving disproportionately in the military. And and then worldwide, the Muslims, for all of the many faults of Muslims, and many Muslims have fallen for this new world order, destruction of traditional values, and this kind of satanic uh, Gog and Magog world that they're creating. But I think uh, a a greater uh, proportion of Muslims have remained true to uh, faith in God and following uh, the traditional religion than the other religions, which isn't saying much, but in any case, this female purity as symbolized by the virgin who is of course the female role model not just for christians but also for for muslims uh does reflect a little bit the way that muslim women have tried to be able to have that ideal of purity which for some of them is symbolized by wearing hijab which is now illegal 
in places like France, where if you don't yeah, show enough flesh on the beach, yeah, that, right, the, yeah. the, the, the police will come and, and rip your clothes crazy, off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So, so, and, so I think um, Islam yeah. has a role to play here, and many people seeking a revival of Christian civilization don't recognize that Muslims are their potential allies. Yeah, it's, um, you know, Franco, Franco went into uh, Spain to overthrow the communists with uh, Moorish uh, soldiers. And, uh, you know, I, I think um, what God has planned for us, we don't, we don't, we can't even fathom. But, um, I mean, it, it is this, this reawakening of just a natural, it's almost like a natural and spiritual revulsion to what those who want to distort everything and destroy, you know, the divine order are trying to push on us. I think there is a natural revolution. And, um, you know, that, that communist China should be standing in the way of the triumph of the secular West is sort of another irony. But uh, certainly you have to say that it's the case, right? I'm yeah, that's interesting, in isn't it? Way of it? To some degree, this, this universal uh, Masonic Republic uh, of the world, uh, the Chinese are, are not going along. And, um, and uh, they, they're aligned with the Russians and, you know, the Hindus of uh, the Modi of India is not going along and, you know, uh, Imran Khan is was not going along in Pakistan and, and uh, on and on and on. There's, Don't forget Iran. Iran. Iran has been standing strong against the New World Order more than anyone. And um, it's uh, and and they're getting and you know all these powers are they're trying to seduce them to into the Western camp and the secularist Western camp because it's not the Christian Western camp in any way. And um that that's what's happening. But they're standing up and saying no and and but the the West is not backing down. They're saying So things so say things yes. are coming to a head and that, that horrific scenario suggested by the third secret, which may not even have yes. ever been fully released, could be coming true. And uh, let's hope it doesn't come true before we can have you back on the show again, because uh, Dr. Okay. No, we're, we're hitting uh, the bumper music. Now. And uh, No, it, it's amazing. And, and t- today is the perfect day because May 13th. Okay, uh, May 13th, so 105th anniversary of the Miracle of Fatima. Thank you so much, Peter, for uh, commemorating right, that. Thank you, okay, thank take you care. God bless. Right. Dr. Peter Krasnowski, Sister Lucy Crusader, Kevin Barrett, and Bruce Jihad.com, on Revolution.radio, the best of this can support by going to revolution.radio. And finally, thank you so much.